crucified with Christ. And I thank you that everything that we do, God, we do it unto you and not unto man, God. God, have your way in the midst of us today. God, thank you for our helper, our teacher, our standby, which is the Holy Spirit. We just honor you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Open your Bibles. I want to go somewhere that we're very familiar with. I want to go to um, Proverbs 23.7. I'm still talking about um, knowing him as, as father. But I want to go here and add to this as knowing him as father. Proverbs 23.7. The word of God says, for as he thinks... In his heart, so is he. As one who reckons, he says to you, eat and drink, yet his heart is not with you, but is grudging the cost. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So I want to add to um, what I've been teaching on, knowing him as father. And I want to talk a little bit on becoming what you think. You may be seated, becoming what you think. I want to go back over a little bit what we went over in St. John 14. We was talking here when um, Jesus was talking to his disciples, which are the learners and followers of Jesus Christ. And as he was talking to them, he was letting them know that the father was in him and he was in the father. And if they saw him, they have already seen the father. But I like the part where Jesus was letting them know, if you have known me, you should have known the father. So we want to make sure that being that we are born again, that we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that when people see us, they see him. They don't see us, they see him. So we need to be representing him on the earth the way he need to be represented. So after Jesus told them that, this is what Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. So he said, he still says, show us the Father. And what Philip was saying here was, he had Jesus in a physical form. So he wanted to see the Father in a physical form. But Jesus was showing him the Father through him. But it's like he wanted to see something extraordinary. And that's how some of us are. We want to see something like an explosion happen in our lives. We want to see a shakening, you know, a moving to know that God is in the midst of us. And I went over Elijah, how God was not in the wind. He was not in the earthquake. He was not in the fire. It was a small, still voice. So the more time we spend with our father, we're going to know which way he comes to us. God may use somebody to come to you to tell you what you're not yet hearing. So you have to be ready to receive from that person. God may use um, a television broadcast to speak to you through that broadcast to let you know, I'm God, I'm speaking to you. Whichever way that God comes, we must be ready to hear what God has to say. I went over um, Samuel when he was raised up under that priest Eli. How about how Samuel was raised up under Eli, but Eli's sons was, you know, in wickedness. They was um, serving Bilal. They were taken from that temple, what they should not have taken from that temple, and Eli knew it, but he wouldn't shut them down. 
God sent a prophet to Eli and told him what was going to happen to Eli. Eli didn't take heed. Then how about Samuel? God spoke to Samuel and when Samuel recognized his voice, he began to tell Eli the same thing that God had told him before. And the Bible said not a word that Samuel spoke fell to the ground. So we need to be able to hear God and in order to hear him, We need to spend time with him so we can recognize him when he's talking. God does not go outside of his word. So Philip wanted to see something extraordinary. Whichever way God comes, we should be ready for the way that he's coming. Then we got to the verse, Jesus said unto him, Have I been such a long time with you, Philip, and you still don't know me? If we say that we know the Father No matter which way he come, we know that that's the father. But we can know about him, and I talked about that, but don't know him. It goes back to the woman of the well and how she spent time with Jesus. And Jesus began to tell her about herself. She said, I perceive that you are a prophet. By the time Jesus got finished talking with her, she went and shared him with someone else. She said, I have met the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And then she said, he told me, you know, basically everything about me. So look what happened. They believed her because of her word. But they asked Jesus, come sit with us. He spent two days with them. They said, now we believe him, not because of what you said, but because we've been with him ourselves. So you can't go on me or anybody else once you you can believe what I'm saying because it's coming from the word but once you have an experience with him by yourself you can say apostle Amanda I don't have to go on what you taught on I can go on what I have experienced from myself through the same word that you taught about that's why we need to go back into the bible we need to search the scriptures to make sure everything I'm giving you is lining up with him you just don't go on everything people are saying and take it for truth because when you come to know the truth that's when you're set free by the truth so we need to spend time with God just like Mary spent time at his feet Martha she was much troubled with the cares of the world with serving but Jesus said Martha Martha you are troubled about many things he said but what Mary is doing is what's needed so we have to spend time with God because we don't know what's going to pop up so we have to know how to handle those things that are popping up in our lives. The only way we can do it is through the word of God. I know it sometimes, you know, you can get so overwhelmed with the cares of the world. Everything is just hitting you. Every time you turn around, you get over one thing, here comes another thing. And I remember God told me when I take my walks with God, God said, what are you going to do about it? I said, I can't do anything. He said, so why are you worried about something you can't do nothing about? And he reminded me, cast all your cares upon me see that's when the holy spirit reminds you of what the father is saying have y'all ever really thought about some of the things we worry about there's nothing we can do about it there's nothing we can do about it that's why the bible said we can do all things all things through christ which strengthen us we have to rely on him our dependency have to be on him and when you know him as a father you're saying father i'm dependent on you today i can't do this myself every day you wake up you don't know what that day is gonna bring so you spending time with the father and say father this is the day that you have made 
And we want to rejoice and be glad in it. So I'm putting you first and foremost in my day, God, to hear what you have to say about this day. God, what you would have for me to do. And first of all, God, knowing that I'm stopping right now and saying, God, I'm putting you first above everything. God, I know you have something that you want to speak to my heart this morning. So I'm going to wait on you, Lord. Because the Bible tells me those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. God, I don't want to faint today, God. I don't want to be weary today, God. Even though if weariness come, God, I'm going to soar above that. Because, God, I have been with you and you've given me everything I need to do what I need to do in this day, God. So I'm thanking you first and foremost. I'm giving you glory. I'm giving you honor. I'm giving you praise because I don't know what's going to come slap me in my face today. But I know one thing, God, you're with me. You won't leave me. You won't forsake me. You're going to be with me, God, even until the end of the world. So I'm going to glorify you. And this, I'm going to give you glory because I want you to be glorified, God. So So the more you begin to praise him, the more you begin to thank him, oppression can't stay. Depression can't stay. God, you say, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. I still got some breath in my body. So I'm going to give you praise this morning. I'm going to give you five minutes of praise this morning. Before you know it, five minutes have passed and you're still giving him glory. Giving him praise because our strength is made perfect. His strength is made perfect, even in our weakness. So we need to know the Father, not know about him, but we need to know him to make him known. And that next verse is talking about, he said, I have been so long time with you, and you have, and yet have not thou not known me, Philip? He that have seen me have seen the Father, and how sayest thou, show us the Father? Now this next verse is going to tie into where I'm going to today. He said, believe thou not that I'm in the Father. You got to believe that you're in the Father, and the Father's in you. If you don't believe that the Father's in you, that's why this is your new identity. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creation. He is a new creature. God, I am in you and you in me. I have a new identity and I'm not going to allow circumstances or nobody to change the identity that I have in you. Matter of fact, they cannot change that identity because I am identified with you through my spirit. The only way it changes through my soul. So right now I'm going to renew my mind and remind myself that I am a new creation. Now, that I'm in you God because it's not about me it's all about you all things have passed away behold all things have become new even though you throw my past up I don't go on my past I go on who I am now that I'm in you see you got to believe that you're in him and he's in you and you have a new identity until you believe that people will mess you up with who you were instead of you being who you are now that you in Christ don't let people change who you are 
changing you because you allowing them to change you because they're going back to I remember when. And that's when you need to say, yes, that was me then, but this is who I am now. Let me tell you about the new me that ain't based on how I was. It's based on who he is. He is who he say he is, and I am who I say I am in him. Come on, we beat ourselves up too much about where we were. It's time to get over that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Jesus said, believe. You got to believe. You got to believe. You got to trust. You got to have faith in who you are. Who I am in you. Ask your neighbor, say, do you know who you are? Now that you're in Christ. Say, if you know who you are. Now that you're in Christ. You wouldn't be acting like you act. And doing what you do. Oh, come on, somebody. What is that uh, song? I know I've changed. Oh, sing it, Apostle. Sing it, Apostle. Sing an apostle. Come on, y'all. Y'all know where they go, right? Back in slavery. But we know we've been changed. That's why you can sing about the change. Why are you singing about something you don't know about? See, when you begin to sing about something you know about, it become real. It is no longer you that's doing the singing, but it's the spirit of the living God that's coming through you. And people know you've been changed. Because there's a difference about you. So Jesus said here, he said, Believe thou not that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. So Jesus knew there got to be some doubts, Philip. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. How many of us, when we're speaking the word of God, the word of life, is not really believing that it's the word of God, the word of life. We're just speaking it because that's what we heard. When you begin to speak on the behalf of the Father... You are knowing that it is his words and not your own. And being that you know that it is his words, you know that it's going to begin to manifest. Not because of you, but because it's his words. Because we know that his words have life in them. He said that the um, spirit quickens. The flesh profits you nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. And Jesus is going to go a little bit farther with that to let him know the words I speak unto you are not my words. They're his words. What was Jesus saying? I'm speaking on the behalf of the father. I'm coming to you on his behalf. Jesus was not making it about him. 
We cannot make it about us. I don't care how much of this Bible you know. If you're making this Bible about you and not about him, it's just words written in a book. But if you're taking the word of God for what it is and you beginning to speak on his behalf, you knew before you already spoke that it's already come to pass. See, I'm just speaking what has already been. I'm giving you what has already been. He's just using me as his mouthpiece to bring it forth. Some of us try to get so indoctrinated when it comes to the word of God. We try to dot every I and cross every T instead of saying, God, speak to me according to you and not according to me. Some of us try to make people feel like we know the word. I know what the words say, but if you ain't living it, you don't know it. You can speak this Bible from the front to the back, from the back to the front. But if you ain't living what you're quoting, you don't know it. You know about it, but you don't know the word of God. You don't know him. You have not had a relationship with him. Anytime you have a relationship with the father, you're not going outside of him. You're going to go on him and him alone, regardless of what people say. That's why Moses knew Moses spent time with God before God even sent Moses back to Egypt to be a deliverer. God had to get Moses in a place that he needed to be to deliver those people. He had to get him over being inadequate. He had to get him over saying, I can't do this. He had to let him know you're not going to be the one do it, Moses. I'm going to work through you. Moses said, I can't even speak properly. God said, who made your mouth? Basically, God was saying, Moses, I created you. I know what you can do. I know what you cannot do. I am God, but I want you to depend on me. And those things you can't is going to turn into can because you can do all things through me, which strengthen you. So he had to build Moses up for Moses to go back in Egypt. And when Moses went in Egypt and brought the people out with the help of the Lord, guess what? The devil still came, didn't he? But Moses had to stand before the people and tell them, fear thou not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Moses was only speaking what he believed. Are you only speaking what you believe or are you just speaking it? Just to let people know I'm speaking the word. If you're not believing the word, it's not at work. The word only effectually work in those who believe. This is why Paul told the ones over there in Thessalonia, he said that he was really praising them because when they heard the word of God, they didn't hear it as coming from man, but they heard it coming from God. And the word was effectually working in them because they believed that it was God speaking and not man. So you can't look to man, you have to look to God. We're just carriers of his word. We're just bringing the word of life to you. You can't hold on to man and expect man to work something out for you. This is why man need to say, I'm not God, I'm just carrying the word of God. I'm just giving you some life which comes from the word that's going to quicken you and make you alive. See, that's when you're humbling yourself according to the word. You're not taking credit for the word. You're letting the word do the work. you only speaking what God is telling you to speak, just like what Jesus was saying. So Jesus was telling him, he was letting him know, I'm only doing what the Father has sent me to do. 
Then he goes a little bit deeper with Philip and he tells him, he said, I speak not of myself, but the father that dwell in me, he does the work. Believe in me that I'm in the father and the father in me or believe me for the very work's sake. So Jesus said, if you don't believe that I'm in the father and the father's in me, look at the work that's coming through me because I'm in the father and the father's in me. See, people should see some type of manifestation in your life to let people know that you do know the father because you couldn't do that yourself. The only reason why people are seeing the miracles, the only reason why people are seeing people healed, delivered, and set free is because you know the Father and the Father's in you and you're in the Father. You couldn't do none of this yourself. So I'm going a little bit further with this. When we know the Father, we're taught by him. The Father teaches us all things and he used the Holy Spirit to what? To be our teacher. Because when Jesus left the earth, he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. He said, my father's going to send you a helper. He's going to send you the Holy Spirit. Y'all think about it. Jesus been with them that long. They got so used to Jesus. They were taught by Jesus. They were followers of Christ. But Jesus finally told them, he said, I'm going away. I'm going to be with the father. Come on, if you were that close with somebody. And anything that you wanted to know, you would ask them and then they would reveal it unto you. Now he's going away. He said, but let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Because Jesus said, he's going to send you a helper. He's going to send you someone to teach you. He's going to send you someone to testify only of me. He's going to send you someone to reveal, to make known unto you. He's going to send you someone just like me. You're not going to be alone. You're going to have the Holy Spirit. So we have the Holy Spirit to help us. But this is another thing that God told me. He said, did you know that you have the mind of Christ? And he's talking about this in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. This is Paul talking. And the reason why Paul is talking about this is because he had to let the Corinthians know, I'm not coming to you with wisdom from man. I'm not coming to you with natural wisdom. I'm not coming to you with all this eloquent speech. I'm coming to you with the power of God. He said, the wisdom that I'm giving you is not earthly wisdom. This wisdom that I'm giving you is coming from God. And he's letting them know, and we're going to go there because it's going to add up to where I'm going. But God wants us to know what we have now that we are in him. We have the mind of Christ. And this mind that we have dealing with Christ is in our spirit. And because we have the mind of Christ, did you know you know all things? You know all things because you have the mind of Christ. And this is what Paul was telling them. He was letting them know, you know, the things that he know, it comes through the spirit. It comes through God, the mind of God. But this is what he was saying in verse 13. No, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So what was Paul was saying in the flesh, you can't know nothing concerning the things of God. A person that's not born again 
cannot know what the word of God is saying. And if any of y'all are listening to a person that ain't born again and they're quoting the Bible verbatim, they don't know the hidden mysteries of God because God is not going to make it known. So quit listening to people that say that they know what the word is saying and they're not born again. They don't because it's not going to be revealed to them. How do I know this? Let's back up. And verse 8, it says, verse 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That means Satan, if he knew the mind of God, he would not have crucified Jesus. The devil don't even know the hidden mystery, y'all. So don't let the devil fool you. He don't know the hidden mystery. He may quote this word back to you, but the word ain't being revealed to him. The word is not going to be revealed to a natural man. So if you're in your flesh, even though you're born again and you're walking carnally, you will not be able to know what's hidden through this word. You will not get revelation on this word. This is why we have to spend time with the Father so the word can be revealed, so it can be opened up, so it can be illuminated, so light can shine upon this word, so we can stop having isms and schisms in the body of Christ because people have the revealed word, the ones that spend time with him and the ones that are still acting carnally don't know what the word is saying, so they mad at you because they don't know the truth and they're not being set free from it. No, a carnally minded person is deaf. A carnally minded person is deaf. That means of the five senses. So you can be born again and be carnally minded and it's bringing you deaf. Why? Because the word ain't being revealed to you. The Bible say a spiritually minded person is life and peace. You can have two minds being born again. You can have a fleshly mind or you can have a spiritual mind. That spiritual mind is going to open up the things of God unto you and let you know what is and what ain't. A spiritually minded person can judge all things because they judge through the spirit and not through the flesh. This is why Paul said, when you are a natural minded person, what I'm teaching is foolish. When COVID-19 come and we said we're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, we're abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty, we can say that he is our refuge, he is our fortress, he is our strength, he is our strong tower, and the righteous run into it and they are safe. And they said, y'all crazy, that's foolishness to the scientists. But to those that are spiritually minded that have been with God. Oh my goodness. Where you been? Where you at? Where you been? Because we had some foolish minded church folk. Yes, I said it. That's what the word said. Foolish. Go in your Bible. Let me give it to you again. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. That's the word. So while COVID is going on and church folks, come on somebody, are saying, 
you are foolish. I know that's what the words say, but you better do something. No, you foolish because you natural minded. And the Bible said when you're natural minded, when you're carnally minded, it is death. But the Bible said when you're spiritually minded, it is life and peace. So if we're walking in life and peace, come on now, back then and sometimes still now, if you walk up in there and you got no masks on and they fully masked, they're going to cut you up. So you putting on the mask not because you're trying to prove a point. You putting on the mask so you can minister to that foolishness. <laughs> I'm not putting it on because I need to. I'm putting it on to let you know natural-minded man don't receive the things of God. You can't receive things from God in a natural mind. It's foolishness. <laughs> then he goes on to say, Neither can he know them. Oh, oh. let me read it again. But the natural man received not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Everything that we get come from the spirit, not from the flesh, y'all. Not, you can't go on how you feel. Get over your feelings. Get over your emotions. Because you're being natural. God gave us feelings, but he said, I want you to go on your feelings. I want you to go on the spirit. What, what does the spirit has to say? I don't know. You know why you don't know? Cause your mind ain't renewed. You ain't been into the word of God. Like you need to go into the word. That's why we got upset stomachs in the body of Christ. Yeah. Anybody know what upset stomach is? I'm going to tell you what it is. If you raise her hand, I'm going to tell you what it is in the spirit. When something come to attack you or to scare you, you feel right here in your stomach something that just ain't right. It brings a fear. It brings an awe. It, it brings a weakness. It breaks you down. See, that's when you're going naturally. But when you build yourself up in, a, in the spirit, when it comes, you say, ah. Not today. You leave right now in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit of fear. You don't rest here in Jesus' name. You don't attack me like that. I know who I am now that I'm in Christ. You leave right now. I'm strong in him and in the power of his might. Go in the name of Jesus. God said, let the weak say they're strong. He said, let the sick say they're well. So God, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Then it goes on to say, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who have known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Y'all hear that? But who have known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But check this out. But we have the mind of Christ. See, we, we quote that thing when our mind's all over the place, but don't he know what we're saying? I have the mind of Christ. 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 But you don't even know why Paul said what he said. We're just quoting it because we want that mind he has. But if we really have the mind of Christ, guess what we would do? We would start spitting out his mind. That's his word. You saying you got the mind of Christ, but let's hear it. Hello, somebody. Hello, brother Willie. 
We have the mind of Christ. So if we have his mind, we're going to spit out his mind. We're going to spit out what he has to say, what he's doing in such a time like this. Now I'm going somewhere. Now I'm going to go back to Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, and so does he, what? Become. You become what you think. Even though you have his mind, it's in the spirit. See, God's mind is in the spirit. The spirit is the real you. That's where God's mind is, and that's where you know all things. Go with me. Before we go back there, go with me to 1 John. 1 John 2, verse 20. And it says here, but we have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Do y'all hear that? But we, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. It says in Amplified, but you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all know the truth, or you know all things. How do you know all things? It's in your spirit. You have an anointing, the Holy Spirit. He reveals. He pulls out of your spirit. Everything you need to know is in your spirit. That's where it's hidden at, in your spirit. So we know all things. Some people say, it's another verse of scripture in verse 27 in that same um, chapter says, but the anointing which you received of him abideth in you. Y'all hear that? And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it have taught you, you shall abide in him. Let me, let me do some correction there because some people think that they don't need fivefold teaching them. Yes, you do. That's how God set up the church. Even though you know all things in your spirit and the Holy Spirit teaches you all things, it still do not forsake us from coming together so God can use the fivefold to continue to teach you all things through him. But you still go into the word of God. You know all things. Everything that needs to be known is already in you. You got resurrection power in you. So we have to pull from what we already have. And the only way you can pull from that is through renewing of your mind. Your mind has to be renewed by the word of God. And then you can prove what is the acceptable will of God. You cannot prove it even though it's there. You can't make a connection to it until you renew, until you transform. Some of us don't want to transform. We don't want to change because we think we know everything. You don't know nothing. It is the spirit that's going to teach you. And if you don't allow his spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, to teach you, things will not be made known. Even when you read the word, it is not revealed to you. It is not open up to you right then. You have to say, Holy Spirit, open up my eyes. That's why Paul spoke on. God, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. I thank you that the eyes of my understanding, my heart is being enlightened so I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe the same power. 
So you asking him to open up your heart, open up your eyes to what you already have. You have an inheritance. You have everything in him, but it needs to be made known. So that's a prayer that I pray every day. Lord, open up my eyes because guess what? Until Jesus come, my eyes still be, need to be open. Things in this Bible still need to be made known, revealed, illuminated. That's why the devil don't want you in the word because the word bring you life and he's about death. So when you're not in the word, you're receiving death and you're not receiving life. I'm getting back to Proverbs, but I'm going to show you where all this leads up to. When you don't know what you have, you cannot operate in what you have. That's why I'm getting back to, remember I said I was eating the food, and he said people just eat, don't know what they're eating, but they're trusting in what they're eating, don't know what effects it's having on them, but they're still eating it. When you eat this word... When you're tasting how good the word of God is, the word is having an effect on your body. That word is bringing your body life. Your spirit already have the life of God. But this body need to be quickened. It need to be made alive by the word of God. This is just a body suit. But I want this suit to function like it know the life of God. I want it to live like it know the life of God. How is it going to do that? I need to renew my mind and connect with the life so it will flow to my body and people know you know the Father. But this has to be done on a daily basis. See, what some people do that are teaching the word of God, they're making it a fleshly word. They're making it about them trying to get people to know, I know of the word and going back and forth and got even scripts in front of them by saying uh-huh's and knowing where to put them. Uh-uh. We only go off to the Spirit. Whatever the spirit wants, that's what we do. And see, that's why I had to trust the spirit. I said, Father, which way you want me to go now? I got so many titles in my head. I don't know which one you want me to put out there. And the devil tried to bring confusion. I said, wait a minute, I'm just going to get up there. And as I open my mouth, you're going to fill it. And whatever you want to title it, so it will be. God, I'm led by the spirit of God. And you said, those that are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. God, I done tasted how good this word is. But I want them to taste with me. I want them to see the goodness of God. I want them to know, God, that you wrap me in your arms. Mm, 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 mm. It's a good wrapping, too. Wrap me, but don't unwrap me. God can wrap you up so good, Manny, that somebody can unwrap you. And the one that can unwrap you can be so close to you. Do you may try to unwrap you. Don't let her do it, Manny. Julia, don't let Manny unwrap you, girl. You done tasted and saying how good God was, and all of a sudden, Manny come in the house and say, where my food? He unwrapping you. <laughs> you ain't wrapped up that good <laughs> like I was. I was just getting a taste. So what I'm saying is when God wrapped you, ooh, and he wrapped you so good, guess what's happening? That shield of faith. 
is coming up and whatever fiery dot the enemy want to shoot you with, boom, it bounces back off. Why? Because he don't wrap me so much. Come on. You want to be so wrapped in him that things come, they shake you, but they don't move you as quick as they used to move you. Because you like that tree, planet. Y'all hear what I say? Y'all know what planet mean, right? Planet don't mean you stick a plant in the ground and somebody come after you and pull it up. Planet mean those roots are so deep that they're tugging and they're tugging and they're tugging and they're tugging. And they say, I can't remove it. Why? Because it's rooted and it's grounded in him. In the word. You, you can't pull it up like you used to. Now, before you can just walk up and pull it up and go about your business. But the more you get deep rooted in this word, it takes a lot of pulling and tugging. So if you've been pulled and tugged and you keep moving out of where you're supposed to be, you will never root it. Whatever God has planted cannot be uprooted. If God has planted you in this house, you cannot be uprooted because somebody don't speak to you. If God has planted you in this house, you cannot be uprooted because you don't like what I said or somebody else said. Come on. If God sent you in a place, you don't leave that place because you think your time is up. Who told you that? That's fleshly minded. That's no good. Because wherever God plants you, that's where God have you. He's not going to uproot you like that because of your attitude. Oh, we're getting there too. So we're saying you become what you think. And I'm going to a man that he was living a righteous life, y'all. Yes, he was. He was blameless before the Lord. He was walking before the Lord upright, and his name was Job. And Job was walking before the Lord so upright, he didn't like nothing to be out of order except the order of God, even his children. So it says in Job 1, when his sons would call his daughters to a celebration, a banquet, it was like they were having celebrating birthdays. After they would celebrate those birthdays, Job would call them back to him, and then they would do... An offering unto the Lord because Job said they could have sinned against God in their heart. So I want to make sure they have not done this. And the Bible says that Job done this every time. That was a fear. So let me go there. If we're quoting the word out of fear, it ain't doing you no good. If we're quoting the word every morning because we're afraid something is going to happen, you're quoting it out of fear. You're waiting for something to happen. That's fear of the unknown. And a lot of us walk in the fear of the unknown. Unknown is what we don't know is known. So we want to cover our bases like Job. Job, every time he called them unto him and he began to wash them. Do like, you know, he's supposed to have done, but he was doing it out of fear. He was not doing it out of faith. He was, he was afraid. So by him continually doing this over and over again, this is what happened in the third chapter of Job, verse 25 and 26. 
He said, everything I feared and dread has happened to me. For the dread I dread has come to me and what I feared has come to me. I have no peace or quietness. I have no rest, only trouble, agitation. So Job said, the thing that I feared, the thing that I dread has happened to me. That comes, that came through his family. So if we have any fears, and I want you to understand this, when you got a fear over someone or something and you steady thinking that all the time, that means you waiting for it to happen. You don't know if it's going to happen, but you waiting for it to happen and you keep quoting the word of God, making sure it don't happen. So every morning you get up, you're doing the same quote for the same people. Or you um, may not be in that area, but you know what I'm talking about. You have a fear in some kind of area. It may not be dealing with family. It may be dealing with your job. It may be dealing with your body. You got a fear of my mom and daddy had it, so I don't want to get it. So you're doing this quote every morning to make sure you don't get it. He said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. The dread I have. He said, I have no peace or no quietness. That's what fear does. It does not bring you peace or quietness. It brings you a dread. So where am I going? You become what you think. The enemy know if I can get you to be carnally minded, I'm going to bring you death. I don't want you to be spiritually minded to have life and peace. So I want you to keep thinking like you're thinking so it can happen the way I want it to happen. The way you think controls the way you live. The way you think controls your body. Your body reacts to how you think. I said it before. If you had pain in your body for so long and you carried that pain, when that pain leaves, you're still looking for that pain, and the pain shows back up, because that's what you thought about all the time. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so does he become. And as I was there meditating on these scriptures, the Lord gave me something. He gave me the little engine who could. And God began to share with me about the little engine, and I'm sort of paraphrasing it. There was a train that was carrying gifts. But this little train, this big train couldn't get over the hill. And a lot of trains came and they passed by him, not helping him. And he sat there and waited. But then there was a little engine, a little engine that came. And he said, can I help you? This engine was asking, can I help you? You know where his heart is. And then he looked at him and he was saying, you know, you too little to carry us over this hill. But the little train began to take a thought. And he took the thought and he began to size up that train. And the little engine said, I think I can. That's what he told him. So he got up and he hooked to that big train. And as he was going up the hill, going up the hill, he kept saying, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And he was getting up the hill. But then as the hill got higher, then he began to have a little bit of doubt in himself. But he kept saying, I think I can. I think I can. And so when he was going down the hill, y'all, this is what that little engine said as he was going down that hill. Still, I think I can. When he got there, he said, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could. What am I saying to you? You're thinking. It don't matter what size you are. Look at David. 
Goliath was way bigger than David. But he had the word of God under his belt. He had the belt of truth around him. And that put him on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that he was in right standing with God. It put him on the shoes of peace. It put him on the helmet of salvation. It put him on the shield of faith. It put him on the sword of the spirit, which was always welling, right? When you put on the belt of truth, that's the first thing you're going to put on. When you put on that, you're going to know the truth. And the truth is what's going to make you free. And that's what's going to get you all that other armor. So that little train kept saying, understand, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so does he become. He began not to look at his size. And this happened when he took the thought of looking at him hooked up to the train. He visualized himself first. He already knew I'm going over the hill before he started going over the hill. And even when it got rough, he kept saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And then he went over the hill. He said, I knew I could. I knew I could. He already knew it before it happened. What am I saying to you? Your thinking will change the way you live. If you want to live a life of peace, you got to think according to the word of God. You can't think according to what you're seeing naturally. You have to be able to see in the spirit and you got to think with the mind of Christ. You got to think with the mind of Christ. So we become what we think, y'all. So if you don't get into this word and change the way you think, you cannot connect to the mind of Christ. We have so much going on in our mind. We don't even know when God is speaking. Everything is jumbled all up. Why? Because we got so much cares of this world there that we're not thinking about what God is saying. We're thinking about how we feel. But the more you focus on pain, pain becomes real. Not saying it's not, but it becomes more real to you than the word of God. But the more you focus on God, I know what you said. And I'm not trying to say what you're saying to get nothing because it's already mine. God, I'm only saying what you're saying because I know what belonged to me. See, we say it because we know it belonged to us. We don't say it to make it belong to us. So if you're saying God's word to try to get God to do something, then uh-uh, that's not right. But if you're speaking God's word because you're knowing what is already done, there go your miracle right there. God, I'm speaking it because you already done it. You know more about it than I know, God. I'm speaking from the spirit of me, not from the flesh of me because this flesh feel like it want to give up. But God, I am a spiritual being, so I'm going on the spirit And I'm not going on the flesh. So we want to make sure that our thinking lines up to God's thinking. Because we know all things in our spirit. But we have to make it known to the body. And we do that by renewing our mind. So if you're not getting in the word of God. If you're not studying to show yourself approved, a workman that need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth, when things come up in your life, you're going to fall for those things instead of focusing on the word of God. That's why we worship him in spirit and in truth. 
the more you begin to lift your hands and the more you begin to magnify him and focus on him and everything that he has done. And when you keep your focus on him, seem like your body get lighter because the spirit is taking over the body. Then once we start thinking the way he thinking, God said, you think right, you can live right. You think right, you can live right. Then we know the Bible says you have what you say. But you got to really think first. When you think, you speak, then it manifests. But if you're not lining up with him and his will, this is why Jesus says that he only do what the Father does. Whatever he see the Father um, do, that's what he's going to do. Whatever the Father is saying, that's what he's going to say. How could Jesus do all this? Because he knew the Father. He spent time with the Father. When we spend time with our earthly fathers and mothers, guess what happens? We begin to act like them. We begin to talk like them. We begin to do what they do. And, and it's so funny when you um, spend time with your mother and father, like sometimes Eric can answer the phone. And my husband said, Amanda. Eric said, no, this is Ariel. See, the voices begin to sound the same sometimes. Because we're so used to one another. The way we talk, we end up talking like one another sometimes. It's so funny because we pick on one another. Sometimes we can get overly excited or tell something. We say, what you saying? Say that again. You know what I said. Slow it down. What did you say? <laughs> but everybody knows everybody. Amen. But we need to know the Father so he can be made known. Go with me to Philippians, the book of Philippians. Philippians, the second chapter. And listen at this. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, let me tell you about the revealed word. Remember, I said we have the mind of Christ, right? This scripture is saying, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Mind there is attitude. Attitude. Let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is Paul talking about? Go to the beginning. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind, let nothing be done through strife, vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not on every, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Then he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's saying this is because the attitude Christ took, the humbleness and all of this that he took, that's what we take on. That's the life we live. Look at God. So we become what we think and our thinking should line up with his mind, his way of thinking, his way of doing. And the more we connect with him, the more people will see him and not us. If people are still seeing you, you have not really made a connection with him. Or if people are still seeing you and you recognize that it's still you and something that you said or done, the Holy Spirit will remind you and you go apologize quick, fast, and in a hurry, and they know you made a connection. Because you get reminded of, forgive me, that was not Christ-like. I should not have said what I said in that way. 
Let me come back and retract that. Can we start again? See, that's his attitude. You esteeming others, what? Above yourself. You loving others the way you want to be loved, the way Christ loved you. So let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. We become what we think. So the more we connect with him, the more we connect with life, and the more things will begin to manifest in our lives according to him and not according to us. We need to continually know the Father on a daily basis, not just on Sundays, not just on Tuesdays, but every day, every opportunity we get, we should say, Father, make yourself known whichever way you want to do it today God is up to you but here I am amen so come on and get God a hand clap of praise (laughs) sorry for that making him known